God is a good God. He's an amazing God. I tell you, the, uh, one of the things that, that impresses me so much about our Father is how patient He is. He's so patient with us, and, and He understands that you and I uh, have this frailty in this flesh, and He's willing to meet us where we're at and just slowly move us forward. Aren't you thankful for that? So that same grace and patience that He gives us, we want to give other people. Amen? Because the way he helps us, we can help them. Glory. Hallelujah. If you would, open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. Uh, Let's look at the last three or four verses. Uh, What I want us to do, I want us to get in the place uh, where we are just like Paul told Timothy to be. You know, he told Timothy, he said, I want you to be instant in season and instant out of season. And the way you and I can be like that is that we have a foundational... uh, working of the Word of God uh, to be able to to feed other people and to help other people. Now tonight, if I asked you how you received from God, immediately you would start telling me different things that you have received from God by faith, by grace, by His mercy, and all of those things because you're familiar with it. You understand. You're, you're walking in your relationship. But God's going to bring people in your life and in my life and in this uh, the, his his church and his within his body that's going to have questions and they're going to ask you how can I receive from the Lord and so uh, the Spirit of God just laid three quick points on my heart that you and I need to be very familiar with where we can help other people receive from God because the Bible says that every good every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights who there's no shadow of turning so. We need to be able to help them to be able to receive. Amen. And so uh, this is just a refresher course uh, that will help you and I to be in the place and the position to encourage people. So in Romans chapter 11, uh, let's start in verse 33. Let's just see what the Word of God says about your, your Father, your God, my God, my Father. It says in verse 33, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome, Oh, the depth of the riches both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments, and His ways are past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been His counselor, or who hath first given to Him, it shall be recompensed unto Him again. Verse 36, For of Him, say of my God, for of Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To whom be glory forever. Amen. To whom be glory forever. Amen. Put verse 36 up there in the Amplified, Sister Victoria, if you would. Notice it makes it just a little bit clearer. For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. For all things originate from Him, from your Father, my Father, our God, and come from Him. And all things live through Him, and all things center in and tend to consummate and to end in Him. To Him be glory forever. Amen. So be it. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. 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 Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for honoring the word. So glad to have Sister Debbie and uh, Brother Robert with us tonight. Uh, they, they, uh, we had a great service last night. Praise God. God ain't changed. We can have a great service tonight. Anytime God's there, good things can happen. Amen. That's the kind of God he is. He, uh, we had a good service this morning. Very thankful and grateful. But tonight, I want you and I to talk about the three R's of receiving. 
the three R's of receiving. Because we just, we just read out of the Word of God as the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Rome that all the glory goes to God because everything that you and I have comes from Him. Uh, everything, He is the starting point. He, he is the, the originator. He is the source and so, because you and I have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, we have an assurance uh, that at salvation, we start receiving from Him. And, and so, we want to be able to help other people uh, that certain words that you and I are very familiar with because they're church language, you know. And, and people outside of church, certain words that they hear and phrases... It's foreign to them. And so we need to step back and we need to be in the place and the position uh, to glorify God before them because uh, there, there, there is an, a special anointing that God is, is going to pour out on His church that's going to bring Him glory. And the way it brings Him glory is that His church is going to be walking in such a relationship that it's so simple for revelation of presence. In other words, you, you, God is going to be seen in and through His church in such a simplistic way that, that it gets religion out of the way and, and it brings fellowship of the Spirit. It brings the unity there. And that's what He's going to do. So I, I, I want us to understand some things. So we're going to get right back to the basic and, and we're going to walk in these uh, three R's to be able to minister to other people. So... Uh, to, to the Lord be the glory. So how does God get glory? God gets glory because you and I recognize and realize that without Him, we are lost and undone. Without Him, we have no hope. But through Him, we become born again. We become named into the, the very uh, family of God with a destiny. And so let's go to the very first words uh, or the first message of Jesus, not the first words, the fifth words of Jesus, but the, uh, the first message. Go with me to Matthew chapter 4, and let's look at verse 17, and look what the Word of God says. Uh, Matthew four seventeen. From that time, Jesus began to preach, and He began to say, Repent, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so we know and we understand that, uh, that God looks at time because He's outside of time. He looks at time differently than you and I. You and I hear these words and we hear Jesus say that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is near. And we say, well, that's 2,000 plus years ago, you know, and, and that seems uh, so far and so distant. But uh, let's look at it in the, the terms of the way God sees things. He's, he's looking uh, at, at the... Uh, the very end of all things because he's outside of time. And, and so when Jesus makes this statement, he says, I, I want you to know the very first key to receiving from God is to be in the place where you have an attitude of repentance. See, you and I will never be able to touch somebody outside of the body of Christ unless we can show them the importance of changing their mind. Because the word simply means to have a change of mind, a change of heart. And, and that, that change of mind, change of heart, it changes your direction. It turns you, turns you around from the way that you're doing things, from the way that you're talking about things, from the way that you're, you're viewing things. And, and so if we can get people to see that um, maybe the way they've been thinking and the way they've been talking, if it hasn't worked for them, they don't want to be foolish because if it hasn't worked in the past, it's not going to work in the... Come on, because if it's wrong, it's wrong. And if it's right, it's right. And so Jesus said out of his mouth, his first message is simply repent. Repent. And understand that you have to be willing to change some things. And if we'll change our way of thinking, all of a sudden, Jesus said with our repentance, our change of, uh, of heart, if you will, we'll recognize and realize that heaven is not way up in the sky, the atmosphere somewhere. But it's right here. Jesus told us in Luke chapter 17, He said that when you become a believer, He said the kingdom of heaven is within the believer. Amen? And so that's the message that we've got to talk to people about. We've got to get them out of the mindset of looking for something way out in the distant. We've got to get them to the mindset that they can have a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit right in their heart right now 
right now. And so we want to bring this R to them, this R of repentance that will get them in the place and the position of receiving everything that God the Father has for them. Now let's turn over to Matthew chapter 9. And, and, and let's see how Jesus, he brings this home just a little bit more. Uh, look at Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse number 9. Matthew 9, 9. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew. Now, now think about this. Matthew was a, uh, a tax collector. Uh, and, and so he was, he was a man who was hated by most people. Yet when Jesus looked at him... He didn't hate him. He loved him. You know, and so we've got to look and see that, that, that Jesus may lead us across people's paths, that their occupation, their attitude, or what they might represent, something in our life. We might not like it, but God has a plan for their heart. He has a plan for their life. And He wants you and I to take this R of repentance so they can receive the fullness of Jesus Christ to them. And notice what He says. He says, Jesus saith unto him, follow me, follow me. Now, when, when Jesus spoke those words to him, I want you to imagine everything about Matthew's life was tied up in his occupation. Because his occupation being uh, this tax collector, it was his life. It determined where he lived. It determined how he lived. It determined the future and, and the security of not only his life, but all of those that was associated with him. But Jesus gave him a word, and his word says, just simply follow me. See, what I'm saying to you tonight is, the anointing of the Holy Ghost is getting ready to come on the church, and the church is going to say a simple phrase, a phrase that is going to cause people to see things like they never saw before. All of a sudden, Matthew heard the words of Jesus, the words that simply said, follow me. And everything that he looked at and he saw that he thought was his sole source, that he thought was his security, he recognized and realized it was not important, but there was something greater. There was something better. And those words were the words of truth. And Jesus said the truth when we heard them, they would make us free. It freed Matthew. It brought him out. This repentance come into his life. And it changed everything about it. Amen. You and I, we hold the words of life. We hold them in our hand. And he wants us to put them to work. But we hold them in our heart. And he wants us to speak them out. Amen. Now notice. Now, it says that Matthew arose. We don't have time to look at it. But you mark down in your mind. Uh, I believe it's Romans 14, 9. But it talks about Jesus. And it says the same Greek word. Jesus arose from the dead. So what happened here, Jesus spoke those words, follow me. And Matthew, he's rising up out of the dead. He's coming into Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the light. Verse number 10. And it came to pass, as Jesus said it me in the house, he's in Matthew's house. Come on, he's in Matthew's house. We talked about this morning, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is a literal figurative situation that's pointing to the spiritual. Amen. He's in Matthew's house. And it came to pass, as Jesus said, in the, uh, made in the house, behold, many publicans and sitters came and sat down with him and his disciples because they were friends with Matthew. Yeah. Come on. God is fixing to line us up with some people who has a lot of friends in the world and they don't know Jesus. Come on, all, it, all God's wanting to do is get you and I in a place and a position where we can share this good news, this message. Amen? Now notice what happens. And when the Pharisees saw it, come on, the, there's always going to be a religious part. They said unto his disciples, unto Jesus' disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. Verse 13, but you go and learn what uh, that meaneth, and I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, uh, I'm not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. So the, the first R into receiving all the things uh, of God the Father through Jesus Christ by the Spirit is simply to change one's mind. Well, somebody can never change their mind unless you and I give them an alternative. 
unless we give them the gospel, the good news. And so that's what Jesus done here. And he said, I come to call uh, uh, the, not the righteous to repentance, but, 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 but the sinner. Now let's understand that, yes, there's, you and I are going to reach people who are in deep sin. They're in bondage and all of those things. But I want you to know you and I are going to reach other people who are simply, they're trying to serve the Lord, but they've got problems. I don't know about you, I'm trying to serve the Lord, but I still got some problems. Because this word sinner here, this means simply to miss the mark. I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I miss the mark. And and so, every area that I miss the mark, I'm not receiving from God the Father by Jesus through the Spirit. So, His Word is continually flowing whether you're an unbeliever or you're a believer because you and I are not perfect yet. His Word is continually flowing by the Spirit calling us to a higher level. Wanting to bless us. God is wanting to bless you and I, bless His children in every area of our life. He's wanting us to have liberty. He's wanting us to have love. He's wanting us to have the, the, the very abundant lifestyle that Brother Larry prayed about that Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. Amen? Alright, so I, I want to be in the place where I can lead. I want you and I together to be in the place where we can lead by example. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so, the, the 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 greatest leader, Jesus Christ of all time, he he led in that servant mentality of humility, and 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 he was perfect. But all of his other uh, disciples that followed after him, they followed that example of humility. They weren't perfect, but in that imperfection, it gave other people hope. So you and I, we don't have to be perfect to serve the Lord, but we know that God can use our imperfection to cause people to see that there is a way to come out of where we're at and come into what God would have. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. So what was the first message on the day of Pentecost? See, the message of God never changed. Jesus told his disciples on the road to Emmaus... uh, Put Luke 24, 47, Sister Victoria. He told them on the road to Emmaus, getting them ready for the day of Pentecost. Is it 24, 47? He said, and that repentance. And this is Jesus talking to them on the road to Emmaus, getting ready for the day of Pentecost. He said, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in His name. This is red letter if you've got your Bible. But uh, in His name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So Jesus started out in Matthew 4 preaching repentance because that's what the Lord told Him. As He went to the cross, He's went to the tomb and the death couldn't hold Him and He comes up out of that. He's still preaching repentance. And so then He he gives them that same message, Acts 2.37. Acts 2.37 uh, he, uh, Peter being filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, this is what happened. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart because Peter was giving the truth to them. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? He tells them in verse 38, Repent. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall... Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, in other words, God doesn't change. He, uh, he, 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 uh, when He starts on something, He knows that's what we need. And it's, He knows that's the message uh, of, of the moment that will bring His will to earth. And so, Jesus said, repent. And then He gave the message to the church. And Peter said, repent. So, you and I today, we need to be uh, very uh, cautious in, in trying to get people into the place of receiving from God in any other way. See, man builds a lot of programs. They build a lot of buildings. They build a lot of fun things. And thank God for everything that, that, can, that God can be involved in and be used. Uh, but there's only one thing that's going to get people in the place of receiving from God. They have to repent. The Bible is very clear that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, you know, and, and so you and I, that means that our mind has been moved 
by the enemy. Our, and our, as our mind was moved, it changed and it pulled us away from the will and the plan of God. So the message uh, that Jesus will continue preaching until the very coming of the Lord through his church is repent. So you and I, we've got to know what does that mean to us? That means that sometimes our conversation with somebody is going to be uncomfortable. But you know, uncomfortable does not mean unproductive. I don't know about you, but sometimes when the things were the most uncomfortable, that's when God proved how productive He could be and how productive He would be. Amen? So you're going to be in situations and circumstances where uh, it's not going to be comfortable to the flesh and there will be a challenge there because I don't know about you, but when my mind is changed, it's always challenged because there's some things in my mind that is ingrained there that has been a part of who I am for a long period of time. And so the only thing that can pull me out of that, the only thing that can change that is by the unction, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the Spirit of God takes the anointed word, anoints my heart where I can receive, and then changes the way I look at things, the way that I see things, the way that I understand things. So the message is simply to repent. So you and I, it's, it's great to invite people to church. It's great to, because uh, Jesus did. He fed them. He clothed them. He done all those things. We've got to do all of those things. But there will come a point in a time when you and I are going to have to speak a word. Because words, words, that's Jesus, is what saves people. There's no other name under which heaven where man can be saved. The word, the name. Jesus. Amen. And so we're going to have to speak that word. And when people receive that word, that name, there will be a change. There will be a change. All right. So uh, we move from that to to the understanding that when when we uh, preach repentance to people, all of a sudden it gets them in a place where they can be renewed. Renewed. And, and, and the renewal part of a person's life gets them in the place then where uh, not only are they ready to receive, but their mind, it, 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 their mind, soul, their, their, their soul and emotions, their will is being conditioned by the Word of God that God wants to bless them. God wants to help them. God wants to be involved in their life. Amen? And so, let's go to very familiar verses of Scripture, Romans chapter 12. And let's look at this, the second R, the R of uh, renewal. Verse number 1, Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, I call you near. This is an admonishment. This is a pulling by the Spirit to you, the Apostle Paul says. You therefore, brethren, by the mercies... Of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, your logical uh, service, your logical worship. This service here is your worship. Now notice what happens. He said, and not be conformed to this world. Now if the Apostle Paul, by the unction of the Holy Ghost, uh, gave you and I the command not to be conformed to this world, that means there's a great possibility that we would be. Because God doesn't waste His words. And so when He gives us an admonition, when He gives us a a, a warning and a direction of a command, we need to take heed to it. He said, be not conformed. So, in other words, you and I, uh, in the place of being able to receive from the Lord, we've got to recognize that the world wants to put you in a vice. The world wants to put you in a mold and wants to tell you who you are, what you can do, where you can go, wants to tell you this is acceptable, this is not, this is normal and that's not. And all of those things, 99 and 9 tenths of the time, are going to be contrary to this Bible. Amen? And so he says, I, he says the, the, you, you've got to learn how to present your body. So in other words, uh, the, the battle that you and I are going to have uh, is in our body to be able to be transformed. So any area in my life that I'm not being transformed, and that word transformed, it means to be completely changed like a tadpole into a frog, right? Like a... Uh, caterpillar into a butterfly. In other words, God wants you and I to look and be completely 
different. So any area in my life, and this is how we're going to help people, any area in their life, they may have repented, but there, there's some areas in their life that does not uh, reflect being completely different, that they're not in the place where they can receive the fullness of what God has for them. Now, I, I can't talk about anybody else, but I can talk about me. They were years there. I was saved. And, I, and, I, and I, I, if I died, I'd went to heaven. But there were so many areas in my life where there was not a transformation. In other words, uh, I, 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 had, I had salvation. I had an understanding of Jesus in a little bit by, by the Spirit of God. But all of these other areas in my life were controlled by my body. Not by the Spirit of the living God. I hadn't been transformed yet. I was being conformed by what the world said. In other words, uh, if if uh, somebody uh, done this or somebody said I needed that, I looked at that and all of a sudden I thought that my life was about what I needed in the flesh. My life was about what I what my body wanted and, and, and all of those things. And so you and I are going to meet people and they're going to be saved... They're going to be on their way to heaven, but they're still in bondage to self. And, and so you and I have to be able to get them in the place of, uh, of receiving from the Lord. We move them from, from repentance into uh, a place of being renewed. Now notice what he says. He said, and not, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, you and I are going to have to get, show them by living example and words, but especially living example, how to get their eyes off the world. The, the world keeps you dissatisfied. The world keeps you looking for something else, looking for something more, looking for something different. Why does man run to and fro? Why do we have so much sexual activity? Why do we have so much uh, poverty? Because people are running to and fro to different people to fulfill them. They're running to and fro to different things, trying to buy this and that to fulfill them. And so they're being conformed. So any area in somebody's life that they're not being uh, supernaturally transform, not becoming that new creature 2 Corinthians 5, 17 talks about, then they're still under the old system. That doesn't mean they're not saved. It just means that they're... Uh, I want to tell you, uh, the Bible tells us the way of a transgressor is hard. I, I lived for years as a... Uh, and when you're, a, when you're transgressing, that simply means that you know that there's something better, but you don't choose to walk in it. You, you know what I mean? I, I'll serve God up to this point, but I really want to work over here. Yeah. It's hard. It is a living hell. I'm telling you, I know. And so you're going to meet people who are going to be so confused because they, they, they've experienced forgiveness. They, they know that Jesus is real, but as they live their life, they're still in bondage over here. And, 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 and see, the church has given up on a lot of people like this. They, they, they've just forgot about them. They said, oh, they never were saved. Better be careful. Better be careful. God's judge. God knows whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Come on, Romans ten thirteen. It's not according to what you call salvation, what I call salvation. There's a big difference between salvation and sanctification. Oh, shanalalamatai. God is wanting to anoint the church, the people in the church, to help people to move from salvation to sanctification. How do they do that? You can only be sanctified by this word. God is wanting to raise up you and make you understand that you're a teacher. You're a teacher of the Word of God. You teach not because you have a title in a church building. You teach because you have the Holy Spirit to teach you, to lead you, to guide you. You are a living example to bring people out of dark areas in their life and walk in the light. Amen? So you and I, we've got to see that somebody may be uh, in a place where they're being conformed by the world. We don't judge that, but we ask God. We get along with the Spirit of God. We say, Oh, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I see my brother and my sister struggling in this area. I, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to hold them up before you. But I asked you, what's a word 
a word. Because see, the word is what transforms people. What's a word I can speak to them? What's a word I can pray over them? What, what, how can I hold their hand? How can I be a pillar beside them to make sure that they don't fall? All of a sudden, God sees how much that you love. He sees the compassion being put in your heart. And guess what He does? He opens up an avenue where you can be in their life. And then He blesses you beyond measure. Come on, because your mind, your heart, your desire is no longer on yourself. It's on the things of God. And when God sees that, He sees your faithfulness all of a sudden. What did Jesus say? Matthew 6.33 He adds all the things of the kingdom unto you. Amen? Hallelujah. That's the message that we preach and teach other people too. Amen? Alright. Now, let's go to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 3. All this happens by the Holy Spirit. And so there's no pressure on you. There's no pressure on me. Um... Let's let's just uh, start in uh, verse number 1. Titus 3 and 1. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. Say, I'm ready. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle. That's what Jesus was, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. That's me. I was sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures. Thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. Living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. But after that the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, come on, after, after, after. I'm I'm in a state of afterhood, aren't you? I'm on this side of grace. It's working in my life. It's working in your life. Uh, But after that, that kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Come on. His mercy. His mercy. So you and I, we are a product of the mercy of God. So we're going to help people see that uh, that mercy is so real to us and God has gave that, He has sowed that into our life and we're going to be able to impart and to sow that by the Spirit into their life. And look how it comes. Look, Notice this. Uh, according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is the same word. It comes by the Holy Spirit. And he said that the Holy Spirit would cause us to be regenerated by the washing of this word. Um, The washing of regeneration. In other words, the Spirit of God, when you get born again, He comes to live in you. And all of a sudden, He starts talking to you. And as you repent, when He talks to you, you change your way of thinking... Renewal happens. All of a sudden you recognize and you realize, man, I can't talk for y'all, but I can talk for me. There was some sin I really liked. And I thought it was good and I thought it was the only way that I could be satisfied. It was the only way I could make it. But all of a sudden, when the the washing of the water of the Word started flowing over the buds of my mind, and I, I started to see that I was believing a lie. And that lie was dominating me. That lie was controlling me. And this, this water of the Word kept washing over me. Regeneration started taking. And then I started being renewed. Because I said, Lord, I accept Your Word. I believe that I was believing a lie. I believe I was holding on to that lie. And now I'm being renewed. Amen? I'm being changed. This is the message. This is how we help people get out of sexual addiction. Get out of drug addiction. Get out of alcoholism. Get out of materialism addiction. There's addictions everywhere that you and I are, are going to come in contact with. And there's, there's, there, and thank God for man's attempt and all of these uh, uh, step programs to help. But there's only one answer. There's only one deliverance. Amen. God may use things to help us, but after we get help, we need to come to the one who can deliver. Amen. To the one who can make whole. And that's Jesus. 
So we've got this promise here. It comes by the Holy Ghost. Now, Jesus said that, uh, that when you got born again, that the Holy Spirit come to live in you. But then he said after, uh, after that, that, that the, he was going to give you his spirit to lead you and to guide you into all truth. So this Holy Spirit that, uh, that is inside of you is God's Spirit. He knows everything. So uh, you, you're not limited in knowledge. See, a lot of people say, well, I, 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 I need to study in this area. Yes, we, we need to study. The Bible, Paul said, to, said use all diligence, in, uh, use all speed in the things of the Word of God. That's true. But... We don't use that for a, a limitation if God's leading us in a direction not to do or say something. Because He's your source. When it boils down to it, you may have studied your heart out and you may not be able to remember what you studied. Ever been there? But the Holy Ghost never forgets. So He's your source. All right. So the three R's to repentance. We, we, I mean, to receiving. We, we help them repent. We help them to be renewed. And then we get them to a place... Where because of the, uh, the the joy of the presence of the Lord is in their life, that they're able to rejoice no matter what. Because you can repent all day long, you can be renewed all day long, but if you're not rejoicing, you'll never receive. And we're gonna we're gonna document that out of the Word of God. And so right now, have you noticed how there is a spirit going across the earth to make people dissatisfied? There is a spirit of grumble and mumble. That I don't know about you, but I've got to stand against it. It, it. it comes against me and wants me to grumble and mumble about different things. And that is the opposite of rejoicing. And if I'm in the place where I'm not rejoicing, I'm not going to receive. Amen? Amen. All right. Put uh, Philippians 4.4. 4, uh, you know, Paul, he's in prison as he's, as he's writing... Uh, you know, you, we got all the prison epistles, but in this book in, in Philippians, uh, over and over, I can't remember how many times off the top of my head, uh, about 16 times, I think. But anyway, a, a number of times he tells us to do this. Rejoice in the Lord when it feels like it. Rejoice in the Lord when I am happy. Rejoice in the Lord when I have plenty of money. Rejoice in the Lord when the, when the, the bacon is cooked just right. Boy, when the burnt the bacon, that used to just burn my day. That would make me so mad. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, he said rejoice in the Lord. We don't rejoice in the situation. We don't rejoice in the circumstance. Paul is in Myanmar prison here. He's in the, the worst condition that you can imagine. And he tells you and I simply to rejoice. See, I don't have to, you don't have to go to hell tonight because Jesus went in our place. So we can rejoice regardless of what's happening because what the Lord has done for us. So what I have to do, I don't, and I, I, once again, I'm just talking about myself. I, I get in a bad mood because I don't feel good, because things don't look good. And so I've got to just stop and I say, Lord, this is what I feel like. And, and uh, he'll take that feeling if I will cast my care upon him. Amen. If I'll give it to him, he'll take it. And then in return, because I've trusted him, he'll give me joy. He'll start working in my life. But see, I can never have what God has for me if I'm, still, if I'm not willing to be transformed. If I'm still trying to hold on to what I'm feeling, to what I'm seeing, amen? And so I have to trust Him regardless of, uh, of the situation, of the circumstance. I have to be in the place where I, I give everything to Him. I have to say, Lord, I, I, I'm going to hold on to You. Yes. Now, uh, in this same book, I want you to imagine the Apostle Paul, the impact that he had on people. 
Because when he did get visitors, when he would get a letter, he got to come out of prison because as a Roman citizen, he had that liberty and that right, and he would get to come out of prison, he would get to answer that letter. And so he he was uh, in a place where he could come out of that holding cell, out of that darkness, and, and he could shed this joy in reality. Now, I want you to know that you can... Give other people an opportunity to receive the rejoicing that you have. How do we know that? Because Jesus said, my joy, I give unto you. Jesus said that the disciple shall be as his Lord, the pupil as his master. So I can do what... Jesus did. You can do what Jesus did. If Jesus gave me joy, say Jesus gave me joy, then you can give it to somebody else. Amen? And so we've got to teach this. We've got to show this. We've got to reveal this. Let's go to Psalms chapter 5. Just a few more verses and I'll let you go. I want to make sure that we nail this home because you're going to put this into practice just in a few days. You're going to be amazed at what God is going to orchestrate and arrange. In Psalms chapter 5, notice verse number 11. Psalms 5 and 11. It says, But let all those that put their trust in thee... Do you trust the Lord tonight? Yes, Yes, you do. Of course you do. Notice what it says. Because you trust the Lord, because I trust the Lord. Let all those that that put their trust in the Lord, in thee, rejoice. Rejoice. So now, 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 it's real simple to trust the Lord when everything's going good. So when he says that uh, for us to put our trust in the Lord, the psalmist David here, uh, he could tell us very well he went through some things. And so every one of you tonight, if we had time, you could share some things that you've went through. But because you've trusted in the Lord, in and out of those things, you know that God has been faithful, you're able to rejoice. You're able to do that. You're, you're able to, to, to have a, a, a testimony. Now notice what he says. He says, let them shout, or ever shout, ever shout for joy. So uh, because of what you went through and because the Lord has brought you through, He has gave you a shout. See, the devil, he doesn't understand what you understand. He doesn't know what you know. He can't see that the more that he puts you through and the more that God shows himself faithful, that that's what gives you a shout. You wouldn't have a shout tonight if you hadn't have been through something and if God hadn't held your hand all the way through it. And so we've got to tell the world. We've got to help them to repent. We've got to help them to be renewed. But we've got to teach them. The world doesn't know how to rejoice. How do I know that? Because I didn't know for years as a Christian how to rejoice. Amen? And if a Christian doesn't know it, I know the world doesn't know it. And so we've got to teach. Yes, situations arise. Hardships come. There's going to be battles and struggles. But as, as they lead us in worship, the battle is the Lord's. Amen. He's going to fight our battle. But we've got to give it to Him. And we've got to be willing to say, Lord, I trust you enough to open my mouth. Amen. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that, uh, that love thy name be joyful in thee. Not in the situation, not in the struggle, not in the hard times uh, of life. We're not, you know, people look at you sometimes when you say praise the Lord when something bad happens and, and it doesn't make any sense. I, I, I was talking to my grandpa before he ever got born again, just before he died. But, you know, and he, he couldn't understand the things of God because you can't until you get saved. And, and we was talking about this particular person. They were uh, putting a roof on the on the house, and they smashed their thumb. Boy, just just busted it wide open. And the first thing out of the the man's mouth was praise the Lord, and that made my grandpa so mad. He he said, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That makes no sense." Now, because why? Because it was so contrary. Come on, to the flesh, to the to the to the natural natural man. But when you and I get born again, all of a sudden we recognize, yes, 
I, I may be hurting and I may have lost a nail, but I could have lost a whole thumb. Come on. I, all sorts of things could have happened. But God's involved in my life. He's involved in your life. Amen. He's working these things out. And so that's what David, uh, everything he went through. And so we've got to be able to be able to the place to teach people how to rejoice. And so in closing, go with me to, uh, uh, to, uh, to John chapter 16. And let's, let's, let's see how this ties together in, in receiving. We talked about these verses uh, many times. But I, 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 want, I want you to get it in your heart. Look at verse number 13. John 16, 13. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Now notice this. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. So, uh, the, the ability in this relationship of, with God the Father through the Son by the Spirit is, is the relationship of revelation. It, it, it's, the, it, it's the understanding of what God wants to have for us. All things the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and he shall show it unto you. Now, as you and I are in the place of seeing that there's a conformity to the world or there's a transforming by the renewing of our mind, by the expectancy, there's a transforming by the Word of God that will bring joy in our life that will get us in the place of receiving. We've got to see that God always has something better for us. He has something that is so contrary to where we're at and to what we're struggling and what we're seeing, what we're dealing with. But we've got to be able to be in the place where we know that the Spirit wants to show it to us. Amen? Now, In this same, drop down to verse twenty-three. Let's let's just we'll, we'll we'll put a we'll put a ribbon on it. Jesus said, "And in that day, that's the day of the new covenant. Say that's where I'm living at. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. But verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name." He will give it you. Now, what is whatsoever? See, religion, they'll put a limitation on that. They'll say, well, God meant this. I think Jesus knows what he meant to say when he said what he said, don't you? So, who am I to put a limitation on an unlimited God? So you and I, if we're going to help people come to the place of repentance and renewal and to be able to rejoice, look and listen real close. And in that day, the day that we're living in, you shall ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now notice this, verse 24. If hitherto you have asked nothing in my name, he says, ask. So you and I as a church, we've got to get people in the place and the position to ask. And notice what happens. We're talking about the, uh, the three R's to receive. Look what happens. And the last one being rejoicing. If hitherto you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you shall receive that what? Your joy. Your joy. The ability to rejoice. Why do, 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 do some people have no joy? Because they haven't utilized the covenant. They haven't learned how to ask the Father in the name of Jesus. They're begging. They're looking in the wrong place. They're, 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 they're uh, wondering uh, 
why there's a, they're, they're in their situation. They're in a pity party because I know because I used to stay in a pity party. I used to blow up the balloons. I used to hang the banners. I used to make my own signs. And I would just have the biggest pity party ever. And God would just sit off in the corner and laugh at me. And then shed a tear. Come on now, we're being honest. We've got to help people. We can't help people if we don't meet them where they're at. And beating people where they're at is revealing things. It's saying, listen, we are all alike. There is no temptation that is not common to man. Amen. But with that temptation, our God, your God, He will make a way that we can overcome it. And that way is truth. And so if I'm going to help somebody, I've got to tell them, I can relate to you and you can relate to me. And so I, we've got to show them how to ask in the name of Jesus. And Jesus said that their joy would be full. See, so the, the way that we receive, we repent, we renew, we rejoice. Come on, God will do some things on the credit. And then after the credit, it's time that you and I start putting the things into practice. And it brings more and more and more. Amen. Pray with me. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> we asked right now as a group of believers, that our joy might be full. We ask that your perfect will be revealed in our lives for where we're at right now, what you're wanting to say to each one of us individually and to us corporately. We want to hear, thus saith the Lord. We want to respond in faith, in humility, in obedience, and we want to be in that place where we can lead others to repentance, to renewal. We can help them to rejoice where their lives can be changed, where the church can be so real that the world cannot, will not be able to utter the word hypocrite. Father, let it be. Let it be right now, Lord. We ask the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, you're wanting to bring kingdom dominion into every area of our life. Show us where you would work and operate right now, where we can go to that next level. Lord, we will repent, we'll be renewed by it. We rejoice ahead of time right now by faith, knowing that we're never going to be the same. In the name of Jesus, we all say, Amen and Amen. Would you come up here and make yourself an altar or make yourself an altar at your cheer, however you feel comfortable. But let's just steal our heart, let's steal our mind, and let's let the Spirit of God talk to us. Let's let Him show us some things that we may not have joy about. Let's let Him move in our life and change some situations and circumstances. And let's be ready to be the soul winners that you are. You are a life changer. You are a life giver. Not because you feel like it, not because you look like it, but because when you got born into, again and planted into the body of Christ, that's who He made you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.